Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'm really excited today about the new series that we're starting. It's something I've just entitled Joyful. Wherever you are at home or online, why don't you shout out Joyful, shout out the TV screen or the the computer, shout out Joyful. And in the small print would just simply be a generous and content life. I know that's what we all desire. And we're gonna look at the book of Philippians. We're gonna have a little bit of a survey of the book of Philippians. Philippians is that great book that was written by the Apostle Paul himself uh, to the church in Philippi. And Philippi is that region in the northeast of Greece. And Paul's probably in his 60s when he wrote this letter and he's been through a lot. You think you've been through a lot? Well, Paul has been through a lot and he finds himself much like us. He's in quarantine. He's isolated, but he's quarantined and isolated uh, at a whole nother level. You see, he's in prison and these prisons were not pleasant places to be. And it's in this setting that he writes this book of Philippians. And I wanna read the first few verses today. And in Philippians chapter one, verse one, it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and the deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, when Paul writes a letter, he normally starts with the Apostle Paul. But in this particular book, he starts with, we, your servants. And I believe what Paul is saying is that uh, we're in this together. And likewise, I believe that in this season, we are in this together. And this is a reminder to us that we are not alone at this time. And Paul is a great example of having joy in less than ideal situations. And uh, I believe we, we pick up some things, he's tapped into the secret of living a joyful, generous and contented life. You see, most people's cry of the heart is, they just wanna be happy. And maybe you found yourself saying, I just wanna be happy. And we sing that old song, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Maybe you can do that at home. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. You know, we, 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 desire, we desire to be happy, don't we? we? We live for this pursuit of happiness. People think that when I'm married, then I'll be happy. Or maybe it's when I have children, then I'll be happy. We all want our happily ever after. People often assume that Kath and I are happily married. And, and I gotta be honest with you, I, I love my wife and we've had lots of happy moments, you know, we do, but, but it's not always happy. I mean, it wasn't, she wasn't that happy with me the other day when I burnt the pancakes and, and lost my call and threw the pan in the bin. She, she wasn't happy with me when I did that. Uh, she wasn't happy with me the other day when I forgot to put the bin out. She didn't put the bin out! And I'll never forget how very, very, very unhappy she was when I forgot to pick up BJ from school one day and uh, we got a phone call from the school probably about an hour after school had finished saying, "Um, your daughter is still here. I can promise you this, my wife was not very happy with me in that moment. You see, happiness revolves around happenings. And happiness was never meant to be a goal, it's a moment. See, happiness is circumstantial and circumstances 
I'm sure you're aware of this, are not always favourable. And that's why today and over the next few weeks, I wanna talk about this subject of joy. Because I believe that joy can be experienced no matter what the circumstance, no matter what we're facing, no matter what we are going through. And this short letter to the Philippians, Paul mentions joy many times. In actual fact, in the book of Philippians alone, Paul mentions joy 14 times. And not only does he mention it, but he highlights where his joy comes from. And so this morning, I wanna highlight four things that we can learn from Paul's life about joy. And hopefully we can find joy and keep our joy, particularly in this season of isolation and separation. And in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, we see that Paul finds joy in partnership. He finds joy in partnership. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 says, I thank God every time I remember you in all of my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy. Why? Because of your partnership in the Gospel from the first day until now. See, Paul prays with joy, it says, as he remembers them. In other words, he doesn't pray for joy remembering what they did. He just prays for joy remembering them personally. In other words, it's the who before the do. It's interesting that when Jesus chose His 12 disciples, it says that He chose them that He might first and foremost be with them. Not to work with them, but just to be with them. And this is an important point because Christianity in its purest, simplest form is a relationship with God. It's based on and founded on relationship first and foremost. In other words, God didn't choose you to use you. He chose you because He loves you. He's madly and passionately in love with you. You see, when I walked down the aisle, or sorry, when my wife walked down the aisle and we got married, it's because I loved her. And I married Kath because I wanted to be with her. And we've been together for over 28 years. And we dated for eight years before that. The intention was that we might be together. That's why we got married. And I believe that's in the heart of every person who gets married ultimately is that they just love each other and they wanna be together and be with. And, and, and Paul says, I, I'm just so grateful for you because of who you are. And then it's on this foundation, Paul says to them, he thanks them for their partnership. In other words, not just their relationship, but also their partnership. And I believe partnership comes out of healthy relationships. In other words, partnership is deeper than relationship because it's working together for a common cause. I mentioned uh, being married to Kath, but when our kids came along, um, it wasn't just about me and her anymore. It wasn't just about being with her anymore because we had to look after not one, not two, but three little mouths they needed feeding and, and three little bottoms needed wiping and, and, and nappies needed changing. And all of a sudden we had to get on the same page and we had to partner together. We had to work together for a common cause in order to raise the little rainbow family. And to help us do that, we, we came up with all kinds of ways of doing that. And we, we had the rainbow family commandments, which addressed the age of things that they were dealing with at the time. One of our kids, which I won't mention by name, had a tendency to stomp his feet. The fact that I said his probably has given away who I'm talking about. But we had these rainbow family commandments that said, thou shalt not stomp your feet. And, and whenever our children were guilty of these little commands being broken, we'd walk them to the fridge and, and we'd say, hey, what does commandment number one or commandment number two say? And we would work together and we'd partner together in order to see our children raised in a good, 
godly, healthy home. I thank God for the relationship I have with my wife. But our, our relationship has gone deeper than that because it's actually founded on partnership. I can promise you when we were changing those nappies, I wasn't looking at my wife in the eye saying, oh honey, I love you. It's just, it's just not like that. Some of you haven't had children yet. You, you know what I mean when you, when you have children. But we, 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 it was deeper than that. It's, it's, it's a partnership. And I believe partnership is deeper than just relationship. It's much like a swimming pool. A swimming pool has a deep end and it has a shallow end. And what I've learned is there's things that you can do in the deep end that you can't do in the shallow end. When we were in Bali more recently, uh, our daughter got married. It was an incredible time. And, and we found ourselves going to one of these theme parks. It was called Mississippi. And uh, Mississippi is just a, a place where all the cool cats hang out. And, and we found ourselves there. And there was this uh, huge jumping tower. And uh, it was in a special pool. And this special pool was a lot deeper than the others. Because when you're jumping off a tower that's anywhere from five to 10 metres high, you want to make sure that the water's not shallow. Because if it's shallow and you're jumping off five to 10 metres, you're going to get hurt. And uh, I did what every responsible parent does and, and that is send my son up first. I said, hey Mitch, why don't you just jump off and see how it's, how it's going? He said, he jumped up first. I thought, cool, now, now I can have a go. And, and I was doing my old school uh, peg legs and faces and sueys and, and Mitch was doing the more modified version of that with his flips and all the rest of it. I just can't do that anymore. But we always landed safe. Why? Because the water was deep enough to handle the fall. And uh, I, I really do believe that uh, great joy is found when you go deeper in your relationships and when you go deeper in your partnerships. Secondly, we see Paul not only found joy in partnership, but he also found joy in the process. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the end of the age. Paul says it this way, he who began a good work in you will, everyone back home say will, will complete it. He will complete it. In other words, it doesn't all have to happen now. We live in a now society. We live in a now world. We live in a, I want it all and I want it now. And God helped the poor little attendant at McDonald's if they send you to the waiting bay. We did not go to McDonald's to get sent to a waiting bay. We want our food fast and we want it now. We do not want to go to the waiting room, uh, the waiting bay when it comes to McDonald's. But, but I believe Paul is trying to uh, tap into uh, the society in which we live, which isn't too much, too dissimilar to the society that he lived some 2000 years ago and say, hey guys, it doesn't all have to happen now. See, the word completion, uh, Paul's drawing a reference to that of an artist. And uh, it takes me back to my sign writing days. And in my sign writing days, I used to make a living just writing signs. But wherever I could, I would try and upsell a job and uh, do some artwork. And uh, I got quite a reputation and quite a name for doing the video windows. And, and I would do the latest video that was coming out. And I would put, usually put um, the latest uh, star of that particular movie on the windows. And I'd do a portrait of that particular person. So I've painted Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise and, and Angelina Jolie and, and, and all those stars many, many times. And, and uh, uh, I always remember how it always started out. 
When I was starting the job, it always looked messy. And more often than not, the, the, the owner would run out and say, hey, is it gonna look like that when it's finished? And I would have said, no, 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 no. Just, just, just wait till I'm finished. People walking by would say, uh, is, 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 what's it gonna look like when it's finished? They'd say, you're just gonna have to wait and see. And invariably, what started out as something very messy ended up very, very good. <laughs> If I do say, am I allowed to say that? If I do say so myself, uh, enough for them to want to come back and do it month after month after month. And so things in life can start messy, but finish like a masterpiece. And Paul is trying to say, hey, we can be joyful if we realise that life's not about getting everything you want now. And it's in moments like this, COVID-19, isolation and lockdown, that we, we need to remember that God is at work. So where's God in times like this? I'll tell you where He is. He's working. Say, so, well, what's He working on? I can't see Him. I'll tell you what He's working on. He's working on you. He's working on me. And He's working on Lee Archer. And He's working on all of us. And God is gonna complete the work that He began. He's saying, Philippians, relax. Enjoy your life more than you presently are. Enjoy the journey. Why? Because God's going to finish that what He started. And maybe this is a helpful thought for every one of you. You may not be where you want to be right now, but if you stop and think, because remember to think is to thank, you will find that God, you are not where you used to be. My mantra is often this, that I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I was. And maybe you're listening to this at home and you can add a yes and an amen that you, you may not be where you want to be, but if you look back, you think, wow, I have grown. I have moved on. I am a work in progress. God is working in me as He's working in you, Dan Cleasy, as He's working in every person online watching today. We're talking about joy, living a joyful life. And Paul found joy in partnership. He found it in the process, but he also found joy in purpose. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says this, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the Gospel. And as a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and they dare all the more to proclaim the Gospel without fear. I believe in this season, We've got to stop asking this question. Why is this happening? I believe a much better question than why is it happening is, what is this happening for? This has purpose attached to it. And Paul tapped into the purpose of what was happening to his life. Paul said, all this has happened, Philippians, for a reason. He says, because of my chains, because of me being in prison right now, there's been an advancement of the Gospel. The whole palace guard has become known and aware of who Jesus is because of my life. And churches everywhere are being strengthened and encouraged and found, find more confidence and courage to preach the Word of God. Paul was able to say, this has happened for a purpose and this has happened for a reason. And when I stop and reflect on why is all this happening? COVID-19, what does it all mean? Well, I don't know the answer to all of that. 
And I don't mean to be disrespectful to those that have lost their lives. And I don't wanna be disrespectful to the incredible medical staff that are working tirelessly around the clock right now to get a cure for this virus. But I do wanna say that as I've been thinking about it and reflecting for us, if we say, why is this happening? There's, there's not much of an answer to that. But if we say, what's it happening for? What I do know for the church right now is that more people are watching and engaging with the Gospel than ever before. I've got family members and friends that would never walk into church watching online. And that would be true for many, many people who call Victory Home as it would be true for the church in this city and nation and right around the world right now. People are engaging with the Gospel like never before. And for that, I am so grateful. And not only that, there are new ways of creativity being exploding on the scene. People have often asked me, how am I going in this season? Well, you know, I could think of better seasons. But again, as I stop and reflect and think, one thing I have enjoyed at this season is the incredible opportunity that we have just to be creative. And doing prayer meetings online has just been a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to engaging in Feel Good Fridays. We want to engage with our community and just bless them. And so watch this space. And, and I, really, I really do thank God for the uh, just onslaught of incredible and a release of incredible creativity at this time. So it's not all bad. It's not all bad. And Paul was able to find joy through purpose, even in isolation in a, a dreary dungeon that he was in. Not only did he find joy in all these three things, but fourth and lastly, he found joy in perspective. This is a big one, perspective. I don't know wherever you are right now, maybe you could just say perspective. Perspective, it's a big one. Perspective is everything. And Paul says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, he says, for me to live is Christ. Wow. But to die is gain. He said, I, if I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labour for me. Yet what shall I choose? I, I don't know. He says, I'm torn between these two things. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but is more necessary that I remain with you. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. This statement of Paul's, to live is Christ and to die is gain, this is the ultimate win-win scenario. Everyone wants a win-win scenario. Well, this is the ultimate win-win. Paul is saying, if I die, I go to be with Christ. And in the presence of Christ, there's no pain, there's no suffering, there's no sickness, there's no poverty. I mean, who wouldn't want that? And Paul says, I, I'm torn, I, I, I desire that. But he says, but if I remain here, he says, it's for a purpose to help you. And so Paul is ultimately saying that I'm gonna live my life on mission and invest my life for eternity. You know, Paul mentions communion twice. He mentions baptism 13 times in his writings. But interestingly enough, he mentions Christ's return 50 times. In other words, Paul had an eternal perspective. Where did his joy come from? I believe his joy in the midst of dire circumstances came because he had the right perspective. And his perspective was not focused all on what he saw, could smell, taste, touch or see, but he had an eternal perspective. 
I, I want to try and illustrate this as best I possibly can with you this morning. Thank you, honey. Great job doing everything this morning. <laughs> with this rope. I, I want you just to pretend just for a moment that this rope goes on forever and ever and ever. And that this rope represents your timeline of your existence. And this little red part here, this little red part represents your short time here on earth. And then eternity for the rest of our existence. You see, many of us, if we're honest, only ever think about the red bit. We only think about the here and now. We only think about life as we see it and life as we know it. And so as a result, we work really hard and we save and, and, and we try our best to enjoy this little part right here, right now. But my question to you watching today would simply be this, but what about this bit? What about this bit that goes on and on and on? The part that we're gonna spend millions of years, what are we focused on this morning? We spend our whole life trying to make ourselves as comfortable as possible, as happy as possible. We try to make things as easy as possible. And yet we get one shot at this life here on earth and it can end any second. Again, with all due respect to those that have lost their life through COVID-19, the reality is any one of us doesn't know that we've got tomorrow, not, not really. And yet we find ourselves consumed with the red bit. Those who know me know that I love and appreciate my dad so much and, and he passed on so many incredible truths that have helped hold me in my darkest moments. And that's because I, I, I looked to him in his darkest moments and saw what held him. And if there is one phrase that my dad said more than any other phrase as a young man growing up that I heard over and over and over again, it was this, hey Tony, in light of eternity, what does it matter? When we've been there 10,000 years, what does is, what is this life really ultimately matter? Let's keep our right proper perspective. And I'm so grateful for the eternal perspective that was given to me through my dad, which was ultimately given to us through Paul's writings. And I wanna pass on to you today. Let's not be consumed with this red bit called life, but let's think and reflect about eternity. When we've been there 10,000 years, what we do here on planet Earth it's going to have a bearing on where we spend our eternity. You see, Paul's joy came from having an eternal perspective. I, I want to right now, and I just wonder if we could everywhere, just spend a moment as I pray, and then we're just going to just sing together again. And I want you to reflect upon and think about eternity just for a moment, because I believe when we have an eternal perspective. We will have joy no matter what the circumstance. Paul says, you know what? For me to leave this earth, I get to be in the presence of Jesus where there's no sin, no sickness, no poverty, no disease, no COVID-19. 
oh my gosh, that's winning. But you know what? If we stay here, we want to stay here on purpose to help precious people. Father, I thank you that your word can be trusted. I thank you for your eternal promise that you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, that you'll be with us always. And so today we choose to focus on you and I pray just as Paul was able to report of the church being strengthened through his message, I pray that people everywhere today listening to this message would be strengthened through my words today and we'd find peace, purpose, and we would find joy. That we would live joyful lives, generous, contented, joyful lives. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.